There's a core symptom of trauma that most people don't know about. It's very strong and it can be very limiting for your life. It's not only associated with trauma, but it's almost universal in people who are traumatized as children. And it drives virtually every other trauma symptom. Meaning, until you've learned to identify and heal it, it's hard to change the other symptoms. And yet, you may never have heard of this. It's called neurological dysregulation. And when you know about it, the possibility of healing and changing your life go way up. Not knowing about it is a big reason why people who grew up with neglect and abuse struggle to progress in their healing. Now this is because what everyone used to believe is that trauma wounds were largely psychological. The problem was emotional, behavioral, maybe cultural. And trauma wounds are definitely partly those things. But we now know that the primary injury is neurological. That means it's in your nervous system. So how does that work? Early trauma dysregulates the brain and nervous system, potentially triggering a whole range of problems from obesity to ADHD to heart disease to addiction. And those are problems that they could happen to anyone, but they're much more common in traumatized people. It's, it's more than that though. For people with childhood PTSD, just being dysregulated is a problem and it makes ordinary things in, in, in your life ridiculously hard. Things like reading a book, spending time alone, getting somewhere on time, expressing an opinion, or dealing with feeling left out. All these things can set off dysregulation. If you could see an MRI image of a brain in this dysregulated state, you'd see the front left cortex go dim and inactive, and that hampers the ability to reason and pay attention. You'd see the right front cortex flaring wildly, and that's a flood of emotions. So you have suppressed reasoning, overreactive emotions, and then it gets hard to process emotions and thoughts. So what happens is you start to feel overwhelmed. It is just building up in there. Do you ever, ever experience that? It's not just an emotional reaction, it turns out. It's in your brain. So there's this change of activity. Brain waves are irregular, breathing and heart rate become irregular and out of sync. And there may be numbness in your hands. These are some of the symptoms you can feel. Numb in the face, um, a feeling of clumsiness in your feet. It can be hard to find words or complete tasks or pay attention. When I'm dysregulated, I get clumsy and trip on curbs and drop things. My handwriting changes. For a lot of us, we say things we don't mean when we're dysregulating. We do things that we regret later, almost as if we were half conscious in that moment and we lacked the clear thinking to say no or do the right thing. Or we may grow silent and withdrawn, or we may feel desperate and act impulsively or fly into a rage and lash out. After that kind of outburst, we may feel almost no emotion and then what would be worse is what happens sometimes is we behave coldly to the people we've just hurt. Our affect is flat. My friend told me that when I'm upset, I have a flat affect. That's a blank expression on my face. And so it's impossible to tell from the outside what I'm feeling. I look like I don't care. When somebody tells me something like, Anna, Anna, something terrible has happened. I just go, oh. They think I don't care, but I do care. Maybe I care too much, in fact. 
when I'm really, really hurt or mortified, my face will stop showing what I'm feeling. Do you have any of this? It can make it so hard to connect or solve problems with people. But here's the thing. These reactions are not happening because I'm bad or anybody's bad or you're bad or selfish or weak. These reactions are happening or they're made worse because the brain is dysregulated. Nobody knew this before, not doctors, not therapists, nobody knew, but now we know. Now for better and worse, people usually can't tell you're dysregulated by looking at you, which can be good because sometimes you just, that's just a private thing. You want to look like you have it together. But on the other hand, when people can't see what's going on with you, you can end up getting into the habit of hiding how you really feel, where you, you're in this dance where people assume you're okay, you pretend you're okay, Actually, you're feeling disconnected and uncomfortable, and you're not going to have a chance to talk to them about it. Have you ever had to like think really hard about how to hold your face in a weird situation so it looks like you're having the appropriate response to whatever the other person is saying? Because when you're dysregulated, it's hard to even hear what they're saying, let alone think of how you're supposed to act. Dysregulation gets activated when you're confronted with stressors and crises. And remember, it can suppress your ability to reason while it amps up your emotions. So you see how this explains so much, why those of us with childhood PTSD appear to keep making the same bad choices over and over, even when we say we're never gonna do it again. And we do mean we're never gonna do it again, but then you look around and there you are, you're doing it again. So I'm here to tell you, you can break this cycle. You really are capable of making good choices and good changes, and it gets way easier when you learn to re-regulate. So how do you know when dysregulation is happening? Let's start with the regulated state and what that feels like. When you're calm, brain activity is even, and it's driving body responses and emotions in an even and predictable way. But when strong emotions trigger dysregulation, it can feel like a bad chemical just started like running through your body. And I've, I've noticed it feels a little bit like a migraine coming on if you get migraines. There's a moment where you know it's coming and it's too late to turn back. Dysregulation is like that. Or sometimes it feels like what I, I've never had a seizure, but it's what I imagine a seizure feels like right before it starts, like something is starting to rise up in your, in your nervous system and it's getting ready to kind of take over. Your thinking changes and you can go into reactivity. You might withdraw and go silent or get confused and blurt things out or panic. And it's hard to perceive accurately what's going on in those moments, like, wait a minute, what just happened? And you might totally misread whether another person is angry or not, or dangerous or safe, and you can't tell whether your words and actions are appropriate to the situation. And sometimes you don't get perspective on what was really happening until days later. So the trick to noticing dysregulation is to recognize the signs, and they might be a little different in different people. So here are some clues. You feel spaced out. You're at a loss for words. You can't remember where you are. You feel scattered. You're trying to do a lot of things at once, but you're finishing nothing. You're tripping over things, dropping things, losing things, your keys, your purse. Your voice and facial expression go flat, or you're in a rage, or you feel a huge urgency to express what is bothering you. You can't feel parts of your body. You can't feel hands, mouth, face, nose, feet, for example. 
And dysregulation often begins with a flood of emotion. You get very upset or scared from something that's said or something that happens, but sometimes the trigger isn't anything that you notice. It could be your hormones or a feeling of exhaustion or just waking up in the morning. That could set it off. Setting off, by the way, that's what we call a trigger. And we're not using trigger in the common sense of the word that a lot of people use for upset. I'm talking about something that happens that sets off neurological dysregulation. You can see why it's hard to control your dysregulation at first. So that's what it's like to be dysregulated. The most important question is what can you do to re-regulate as quickly as possible and stay regulated? So first, notice you're dysregulated. If you can do this one thing, you can control your negative impulses and give yourself the time and space to re-regulate before you begin saying anything or doing anything that could be destructive. Are you flooding with emotion? Are you going numb? Say to yourself, I'm getting dysregulated. Number two, be safe. This is not a good time to drive a car. You should pull over, I'm serious, <laughs> and take your time. Don't go running into a crosswalk or try to use heavy equipment. Give all your focus to getting yourself into a physically safe place where you can pause and re-regulate. Number three, if you are threatened with violence, some of this is not going to apply. So just return all your focus to getting yourself into a physically safe place, whatever it takes. Number four, if what triggered you was an argument, instead of escalating the fight, you can use gentle words to stop the interaction, at least temporarily. Like you can say, I wanna continue this conversation, but I need to take a breather to calm down. Or if you don't wanna tell the other person, that you're triggered, tell them you need a bathroom break. Or if you're on the phone, say you have a call on the other line and then call them back later. When you need to step back from a situation, you don't have to get into a big discussion about it. Because remember, talking about it can actually make dysregulation worse. So just find a way to put the conversation on pause. Number six, then buy some time. Separate from the other person if you can. Go to a room by yourself, even if it's the bathroom or a car. No one has to know what you're doing. If it feels urgent to express yourself, maybe you wanna lash out, take even longer before you try to resolve anything. Number seven is a quick technique. Stamp your feet on the floor. You'd be amazed how helpful it is to bring yourself back into present time, into your body. And as you stamp each foot, you can say quietly to yourself, right, left right, left, and this helps your brain begin to re-regulate. Number eight is take 10 deep breaths, focusing on the out-breath if you like. Some people say that's more relaxing and engages the parasympathetic nervous system. Number nine, another measure that you can take that no one knows you're doing, is you can press your tongue to the back of your teeth. Like that, it just, again, it helps you get into your body. Along the same lines, you can sit down and feel the weight of your butt in the chair. This is one more way to get back inside your body. So 11 is sometimes what you need is something to eat. When you're stressed, you'll probably crave carbohydrates and sugar, but it's protein foods that will help you get grounded again. Drink some water. Number 12, if you need some comfort, you can wash your hands and feel the water and soap on your hands. Warm water is extra calming. 13 is, 
If you have a trusty friend with you, you can get a good squeezing hug. It can really help re-regulate your brain to have that. But if no one is around or you don't feel like being touched, you can try pressing your back into the corner where the walls are right behind you. Just press yourself into the corner, wrap your arms around yourself so that you can feel pressure all around your torso. We're wired to calm down when we're hugged. And that's it. You now have a whole bunch of things that you can do when you notice you're dysregulated. Now, some people ask, is medication helpful for treating dysregulation? Some researchers have said yes, some say no, but given that we now know that the underlying problem with a lot of childhood PTSD symptoms, you know, it's not a chemical imbalance per se that's corrected by the introduction of chemicals, rather it's brain dysregulation. So there's evidence that some medications can actually do more harm than good. And one of the reasons may be that they interfere with our natural ability to re-regulate after a period of dysregulation. So if you think about it, everybody gets dysregulated sometimes and everyone eventually re-regulates. With CPTSD, we tend to get dysregulated more often and for longer periods of time. So the goal is to learn to re-regulate as soon as you notice it and then to stay regulated more of the time. That's the first part of the solution. The second part, then, with your nice, fresh, regulated mind, is to work on the behaviors and circumstances that flowed out of you living your life dysregulated all this time. The childhood trauma happened, and you definitely were affected, but this is the stuff that holds you back now, the dysregulation and the self-defeating behaviors. So that's the essence of what I teach in my courses and coaching programs, my upcoming book, Learn to Re-Regulate Your Brain and Emotions, and I teach people how to do that. And while it's important to acknowledge what happened to you and get some support for that, the real work of healing is going to be the healing of life problems that are holding you back today the trauma-driven habits, the behaviors, the reactions you have. Focus on right now and take steps to grow into being your real self because you were made to be something much more than someone who struggles all the time. And we need you. If you can master re-regulation, you can then have all this space in your life and possibility. You can meet people, you can try things, you can quit things, you can make a positive difference in the world. That's where happiness comes from. And these all become choices when you learn to re-regulate. You can do what you love, you can choose what you wanna spend time thinking about. It's a good way of life. Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.